This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all A Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With Dylan Hafer Well, go check me, boo Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast I'm Dylan Hafer And it is just me today coming at you with a lot of information because of course it's Thursday. We have to talk about Beverly Hills. We have to talk about Dubai. We have to talk about Chanel Ayan and Crystal on Watch What Happens Live. There's lots of drama happening with both of these franchises and I'm very excited to get into it. But first of all, can I just take a moment and say, if you haven't listened to yesterday's episode with Jill Zarin, Ali Shapiro, and of course, of course, Jill's boyfriend, Gary, also hopped in a little bit. You got to go listen. It's a wild time. Truly, I there, I have never been in a recording that chaotic, but I think, um, I think it was a really special experience. <laughs> and, you know, we've also never had a dog in the studio while we recorded. So that was, that was a little bit of a trip. It was a great time. Go listen to it. But the other major news that we need to address, which we didn't get to yesterday, was the rumors that uh, proliferated on Twitter and then, of course, across the internet this week that there were going to be three new Housewives franchises, potentially on Peacock, in Winnetka, Illinois, Scottsdale, Arizona, and Nashville, Tennessee. Here's the thing. When rumors like this happen, They always, or not always, but they often appear on Twitter via an account that is like, sometimes has reliability, sometimes doesn't, you never quite know, and it's never clear, like, is this a rumor coming directly from a a well-placed source, or is this just like me tweeting something because I'm feeling bored and want to start some conversation? You know, I hate to point fingers. This felt a little bit like the latter. There were these really nice looking graphics with logos, which I just, why would this be circulating? You know, I, uh, my spidey sense was tingling from the very first second I saw it. But of course, it's fun to engage in speculation. Everybody's like Scottsdale, Rich, Nashville, fun, Winnetka, where... The amount of people that were like, I just Googled Winnetka. It's like, it's in Illinois. It's like a Chicago suburb, very wealthy, whatever. I think all three of those locations are potentially good territory for housewives. But yesterday, Dave Quinn, friend of the podcast, he's been on a couple times. He tweeted, my sources insist there are no planned housewives franchises coming for Winnetka, Nashville, or Scottsdale. And let me just tell you, when Dave Quinn, when Dave Quinn's sources are on the story, they don't miss. It's it's as close as you can have to a confirmation. Dave doesn't Dave doesn't fuck around. I think there will be more Housewives franchises at some point. Andy has kind of talked about it. I think Peacock probably has 
lofty hopes and dreams in terms of their potential for spinoffs. They did great with Miami, Girls Trip, a, a success. You know, I think there is ample room for stuff in the future. And look at Dubai. I mean, Dubai just started last week. It's not like there hasn't been a new Housewives franchise in forever. But I don't I don't think Peacock is going to roll out three different franchises at the same time. I don't to be honest, I don't think there's the appetite there. We have all of these shows that we're already keeping up with and they're not going anywhere. Potomac has another season coming down the pipeline. Orange County is starting to film another season. Atlanta, Beverly Hills are just getting going this year. New York is being rebooted. Salt Lake filmed another season. Dubai is just starting. Miami's almost done filming. You know, there is a lot going on. And as much as I love having drama to discuss, the market only has so much room before it's going to be saturated. And I don't, I don't personally feel like I have the bandwidth to keep up with like, 15 Housewives franchises. And I would guess a lot of you feel the same, especially because, hate to say it, this is my job. I can watch it when I'm, you know, on the clock sometimes during the workday. If if you have to plan out every night of the week that you need to be home at 9pm Eastern to watch a Housewives show, at a certain point, there is a limit, there is a threshold. And even if you are going to watch it all, it's going to be diminishing returns at a certain point. And so while I think any of these three cities or any number of other places could be great housewives locations sometime in the future. I think having three at once would just be a little bit, a little bit too much. Don't you think? I think, I think a little bit too much, but anyway, like I said, we have lots going on and let's get into the franchises that do exist, starting with Beverly Hills. And of course, this episode, we have eight housewives this season, and the ninth housewife this week uh, is gonna, has to be the little dinosaur in the Jurassic World logo, which is positioned in the corner of the screen for most of this episode if you watched it live. Uh, I had a lot of fun putting together Real Housewives of Jurassic World taglines for all of the Beverly Hills ladies, so go check those out on Instagram. But I gotta love that NBC Universal cross-promotion. At least I wish they would have done... I wish they would have done one of those things where they make like Garcelle and Sutton go see the movie and then have this like awkward product placement scene where they're talking about it. Like when um back on on Real Housewives of New York when Dorinda, I think it was Dorinda and Dorinda and somebody went to go see the hustle and they were just talking about Anne Hathaway's performance. <laughs> truly, truly wild. But anyway. Garcelle and her sister go see the new beach house that she's going to build so her kids can have somewhere to go. They're so cute together. Garce- I always love learning more about Garcelle's family and background and all of this stuff. I wish we got to see more of that, but I guess, you know, her family doesn't really live in LA. It's not. And also, like, <laughs> if you're using, like, the Richard sisters as an example, maybe maybe it's for the best that they're not really on the show. That was one thing when I had a uh, when I interviewed Melissa Gorga and I asked her if her sisters have ever considered coming on the show and she was like, "Nah." I'm like, "That's for the best." That's it. I if I if I were on one of these shows, I certainly would not want all of my family relationships uh being aired out on TV. But the big news is that we're going to Punta Mita in Mexico. Of course, I 
I always love the plot devices they use to get these women on the trips without breaking the fourth wall. And so, of course, this one is PK's idea. He's like, Dorit, babe, you gotta go. You gotta go refresh somewhere. Why don't you go to Punta Mita? They probably already got the house booked. Whatever. <laughs> Diana's firing up her jet. They're traveling in style. Um, and then... Th- Really, I think the the most interesting scene in this episode is Kyle and Crystal's lunch. Um, Kyle is talking about how my niece is getting married. Like, okay, just say Paris. We all know who that is. Um, but pretty immediately, they get into this lingering thing in the room about what Crystal brought up about the Tahoe trip and how she said that Sutton said something dark, but wasn't willing to say what it was. And Kyle is sort of um, she's sort of lecturing Crystal in a way that feels a little bit off to me. And here's the thing. I think I talked about this last week, and I also went on uh, Sarah Galley's podcast, Andy's Girls, last week and talked about this pretty in depth, how I felt about this situation, which is, I think it was, I think Crystal did put the other women in a little bit of a strange position, and I think it was you know, they all had to figure out kind of how to handle this because not having all the information makes it hard to really uh, know how to deal with something. But at the same time, I think the way that Crystal has said that she feels like her feelings are sort of being policed or not respected by the group when she uses certain words like violated, dark, safe space, all this stuff and then Kyle just has a lot of a lot of energy to give to Crystal where she's saying that she's been gaslighting her and she says that it's dangerous to throw out that word dark or problematic and Kyle's asking for her to be direct and not passive aggressive and to me I I tweeted about this and there were kind of mixed responses I think people don't know how to really like talk about this it feels a little bit unfair that Crystal's words are picked apart so much and they're like, oh, don't say dark, don't say violated, that's intense, that's dramatic. But then when Crystal's at lunch with Kyle, Kyle's saying all, critiquing her behavior in all of these ways, and it feels like there's not really, Crystal's not really allowed to have a response to that other than she just says, lesson learned. And I thought that was kind of a perfect diffusion tactic that it was like, okay, you're going to say, you're going to come at me with all this stuff. You're going to, you, I'm sure Kyle had, was so ready to just go on and on and about how Crystal said was weird and hard and blah, 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 blah. And Crystal's just like, yeah, okay. Lesson learned. And like, I, whether or not you agree with Crystal about this whole situation, like I said, it's tricky to just say lesson learned to Kyle like that. And kind of like, negate all of this stuff that you know she wanted to say to her it's a pretty brilliant tactic and you know they leave they leave each other off in this uh in this kind of weird tense place where they're like okay can you can you not be dramatic okay can you not be passive aggressive okay are you going on the surfing lesson in mexico well i will if you will it's like I don't know what's happening here. Like, are we friends? Are we... I don't... I think they're in this kind of beautiful place of, like, 
frenemies, which I always love to see on Housewives. And I don't think we see it enough. And it just feels like I like that that sort of simmering tension where they're not going to scream at each other, but you know that there's you know that there's some question marks. Kyle is talking again about Paris's wedding and how amazing it was in day one and all of this stuff. Kyle has a, debuts a new confessional look. I think it's new in this episode. And I just have to say, it's very confusing to me. She's wearing like a very gold, very glittery, like sequined gold. I think it's a halter top. It's like very booby. And then a brown leather blazer and long straight hair parted in the middle. And I'm like, I don't, this look doesn't make sense to me. This look is, um, it's really presenting a challenge for my visual centers. You know, I don't, I don't know how to deal with it because I think she looks, I mean, she looks great. She looks amazing, but like, why are we putting a blazer over like a clubbing top? I just feel like comparing this to the Dubai confessionals that we're seeing immediately after where they're giving us full body glam, literal gowns to the floor. I the I need like a complete picture and I don't I don't feel that from this confessional look. Um but I do like learning a little bit more about Diana. She of course has a young daughter Um, and she's telling Kyle that after she had her daughter, like five months later, she got pregnant and then she had a pretty late stage miscarriage, which of course is very dangerous. Um, and now she kind of is in this tough place of sort of wanting to have another kid because she doesn't want that miscarriage experience to be sort of her last experience being pregnant. But of course she has two, two grown children and a you know, a baby and she is, you know, not super young to be having babies. And I, I think this is something we've seen more women on these shows open up in the last two or three years about pregnancy struggles and miscarriages and fertility stuff and all of these things. And I just, I, I love, I always like seeing women be really open about this on the shows because those are things that were, have been, or were sort of taboo to talk about for so long. And I think a lot of people, um, really struggled with those things kind of on their own. And so the fact that Diana's been on this show just for a few episodes and she feels comfortable enough to open up to Kyle about this, it it feels like that is something that really has changed. And, um, you know, I think I'm sure obviously Diana is not the most relatable person in certain ways, like sending her uh, personal staff ahead of the private jet so they can set up her hotel suite. But I do think this is the kind of thing where, that is, she can, she is relatable in certain ways. And I like that she's letting us see that side of her. And, you know, I hope she, I hope she figures out uh, a way to deal with this that is, um, you know, that makes her feel good about her decision. Um, But next we have Sutton and Garcelle going to dinner together and they're talking about the crystal thing. And this, this dinner is really interesting because we get sort of Sutton's version of events And uh, last week, it seemed very much like Sutton was like, no, 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 we're not going to talk about this light and positivity. We're all doing good. And so I really wasn't thinking we were going to get kind of an explanation from Sutton of what Crystal is bringing up. But she tells Garcelle that 
she and Crystal talked about it over the summer and that at Tahoe last year, Sutton had told this Crystal, this story about once when her daughter had a bunch of friends over and they were in the pool or the hot tub together and Sutton looked out and was like, wow, there's, you know, uh, my white daughter and some black kids and a Chinese girl and they're all in the pool together. And like, that's how it should be. And this story is really, (laughs) it's really interesting because I would say it's, a little bit cringy, like the way that she says it, where she's like, there's the Chinese girl in the pool is a little bit like, uh, I don't, I don't know if the story is giving what Sutton thinks it's giving, but at the same time, I sort of agree with Garcelle that I, I wouldn't say that it's really strikes me as problematic or dark in the way that Crystal implied it was. And so immediately Garcelle is kind of like, okay, well, that's weird because I was really prepared for something that was going to be really like heavy and yikes and would make me question my friendship with you. And now I'm just kind of like, uh, what's, what is Crystal doing here? And Garcelle tells Sutton that she should watch her back with Crystal because if Crystal is going to say, you know, we made up, we're good, we talked about it, and then throw this out there in front of the group and make it sound worse than it was, she's not somebody to be trusted. And I don't, I don't necessarily, I don't fully disagree with what Garcelle is saying, but I also think the it feels a little strange how quickly Garcelle sort of turns on Crystal in this episode. And then I think, you know, later in the episode when they're in Mexico, we sort of start to see a little bit more of it. And it does feel like Crystal has, maybe she's made a couple of missteps in the way that she has tried to advocate for her emotional well-being or for her feelings being respected by the group. But I also, I don't think, I don't think she's done anything wrong enough to sort of be on the outs with half the group. You know, I like that she has tension with Kyle. I like that she is speaks up for herself, but th- that's not the same as being like the one in the group who is disliked by the most people, which I don't know if that's really where she is right now, but I definitely don't think that's where she deserves to be. But before we head to Mexico, we do get a sad segment. Lois passes away. Rinna is there in Oregon with her. The whole family was able to come to Medford um, and say goodbye. I mean, R.I.P. Lois, what a legend. Always loved seeing her on the show. I mean, somebody who made Lisa so much more human and likable. And I, you know, it's it's always sad when that happens. But also she lived a long, happy life. And Rinna decides to come on the Mexico trip. Mexico trip, she says she was really struggling with that decision. But Harry and the women and everyone really encouraged her to and said that's what Lois would have wanted, which, I mean, I agree. She was in Oregon for over a week. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be okay. 
I feel like we've all had that moment where you're at somebody's wedding and you're looking around the food, the venue, the music, the overall vibe. And you're making like that mental checklist of if I were planning a wedding right now, maybe you are, maybe you aren't. What would I want to copy from this? What would I want to change? What would I want to tweak? Well, I've been a part of my fair share of weddings over the years, and I know just how stressful the process can be. You go from that newly engaged bliss to overwhelmed by invitation paper and flower colors in the blink of an eye. But using Zola helps with wedding planning from start to finish and makes every decision easier so you can stay in your bliss. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake, Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and even maybe enjoyable. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go or on your couch. Zola helps couples plan the wedding they really want with tons of unique features and personalized recommendations based on a couple's preferences every Zola wedding is as unique as the couple planning it. They've thought of everything you'll need and have built every tool to get you to I do, including customized checklists to get you moving, keep you on track, and prepare you for what's next. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A dot com. Summer is fast approaching, which means more social events, more weddings to attend, more nights on the town, and hopefully more vacations. That's why I'm so thankful for today's sponsor, Honey Love, for covering us with the best shapewear. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they're the only shapewear that won't ever roll down no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. For a limited time only, you can get Honeylove on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com MIA. When talking about shapewear, Honeylove's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their Signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with Honeylove. So we are off on the PJ to Mexico. Diana's team, of course, is already there, making sure her clothes have room to hang to the floor because God forbid the dress is a little bit bunched at the bottom and then you have to steam it again. I just... I will never, I will never be able to like understand really, truly the way that Diana lives. And I kind of love that. But at the same time, I'm like, oh my God, that sounds, it sounds exhausting having to coordinate all of that, which I guess maybe she pays somebody to coordinate it for her. But like, damn, it's a lot. It is a lot. I, I don't know. It's not, it's not my lot in life. I don't need to understand it. So we are in Mexico. We have our first dinner on the beach. They do a nice little cheers to Lois. Dorit is late because she they put her in a suite on the ground floor and she says that there were people around and it was triggering. And so she only had 10 minutes to get ready. I, Dorit, again, she's really going through it, but not going through it enough that she can't speak a little Spanish when she really doesn't need to in the car on the way to the hotel. And I do love those moments in the cars Sutton is in the same car with Erica, and I think the only time in the last two years that they have been able to laugh together and sort of enjoy each other's company is making fun of Dorit for speaking Spanish in the car. 
And, you know, that's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing when two people can come together over uh, their friend's ridiculous behavior. Um, but again, we're at the dinner on the beach. Rinna, always the uh, doing what needs to be done, asks if she missed anything while she was in Oregon. And Sutton is like, well, you missed my store event, Lisa. And um, I missed a conversation. Uh, and I don't want, she, you know, she's saying that she doesn't want anything to be misconstrued about her character. Um, and, you know, it is awkward because I think Crystal this whole time has been like, Sutton and I talked about it. We're fine. I don't want to make it a thing. But at the same time, she was the one who brought up this dark thing that she says Sutton said. So understandably, Sutton feels weird about that because she's like, okay, well, now this is a topic of conversation and I don't want people to be jumping to conclusions that I can't control. But then Crystal is not really putting it to bed. Um, Crystal says words are like a Rorschach test. Um, And I mean, I can't decide if that's something that is like commonly known enough. Like I know what it means, but I also read Watchmen, which is where it comes from. I think, no, that's not true. But like the, the ink blots, you know, it's like the ink blot thing. Um, (laughs) I don't, I feel like it's, it's not that surprising that not every one of these women knows what that is. And, but she, when she says, these are big words, that's a little patronizing. Like, don't say that to Garcelle. Come on. Like, Garcelle's not dumb. Nobody there is dumb. Maybe somebody's there is dumb. So Sutton says that she feels Crystal tried to assassinate her character by bringing up this dark comment. And then Erica, Erica across the table, never missing an opportunity to respond to anything Sutton says. It's like, so what do you feel like you did to me last year? You didn't assassinate my character? You didn't? Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Erica is like, won't let Sutton get a fucking sentence out without being like, what about me? And here's the thing. I don't necessarily think that Crystal is trying or is assassinating Sutton's character. And I definitely don't think that Sutton assassinated Erica's character last year. I feel like, if anything, Erica's behavior assassinated her own character, and Sutton was just a little bit more, you know, pointing it out or asking questions about it than anybody else. It's like when... It's like when uh, in the season trailer, when Garcelle is like, yeah, you can look bad all by yourself. It's like, yeah, like Erica's character was not Sutton. However we feel about Erica's character, Sutton is not the one who made that happen. She's maybe the one who pointed it out more than anyone else. But at the end of the day, I don't think she's on the hook for how any of us feel about Erica. But, you know, Sutton is saying again that she doesn't want any insinuation And she's kind of like looking for the words. And Erica is like, that you're a racist. And you know, Erica is just like loving using the word racist in the same sentence as Sutton. Um, And, you know, it really, at this point, it just kind of devolves into, you know, Sutton's yelling about Crystal at Crystal that it's not fair what she's saying about her. And she brings up this really... um, I, surprising, sort of, s- sort of really intriguing accusation that Crystal has a reputation and a pattern of making up lies about her friends behind their backs. 
And she says that other friends in society who are not on the show, I guess, have warned her that Crystal will always sort of do what it takes to get in with the most famous, powerful friend in the group and kind of to be, to put herself in that queen bee position. And then messy, messy, messy Rena in the confessional is like, you know, I'm not going to say anything, but I've heard the same thing about Crystal. And this is classic, classic Rena because the the thing is, Sutton, once upon a time, was supposed to be Rinna's friend on the show. And here Rinna is with a piece of information that would really back Sutton up and corroborate what she's saying. And she's like, eh, I'm gonna sit this one out. I don't need to get involved. And, you know, that's just how Rinna does things. She would rather post Instagram stories about it than, uh, <laughs> than actually use the information to back up her friend on the show because, you know, that's just the the kind of friend she is. So then Sutton brings it back to this hot tub conversation, this pool thing. Um, Kyle's like, oh, that's what we were talking about? Like, well, that was the next day. Like, I didn't think it was dark at the time. And what I want to bring up is on Watch What Happens Live last night, Crystal was on and they, Andy asked about this. And Crystal actually said she it, it was weird. She kind of said both things. At first, she Andy brought up the pool story, and she was like, "Yeah, that's not what I wanted. That's what I didn't want to bring up." And he was like, "Okay, so like, was that dark?" And Crystal says that that story wasn't what Sutton said that was problematic. So she's implying that there's another thing out there that I guess would be worse than this pool story. And that that's what she's not going to say. And she and Sutton have had have talked about it, have come to terms with it, are okay with it, which is just, it really, it, it perpetuates this weirdness because it's like, if you're saying that you and Sutton have talked about it, then Sutton, but Sutton is saying, I don't know what, what you think I said. It's like, which is it? Because if Sutton thinks this, pool story is the only thing that's kind of hanging over this and she's like and crystal's like well there's something else and we talked about it it's like well who's is somebody lying is somebody is somebody like having uh pretend amnesia like it's a little it's a little weird so we leave we leave at this dinner it's a it's in kind of an awkward place i don't know where this mexico trip is going it's it's a little hard to know like what's going to happen with this group dynamic. I think Crystal has handled this sort of poorly, but at the same time, I do, I think the other women have not been especially graceful in how they've dealt with her, how they've handled her uh, stuff about her emotions being and her feelings being respected. So it's it's a tough spot, and I I'm interested to see sort of how Crystal handles the rest of the season because I think she is sort of a uh she's sort of a scrappy person. I think she can be um really uh you know crafty and smart when she needs to and I'm I'm interested to see sort of how she works her way out of this one because we do know that she says that she's good with with um Sutton and Garcelle now. So that's going to be it's going to be interesting. I am so happy that warmer weather is finally back and we can get back to enjoying some time in the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. 
April showers bring May flowers and also sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I have had seasonal allergies for pretty much my entire life. Unfortunately, there are definitely those days where I have canceled my plans because I simply just don't want to be out in the world because of my allergies. But luckily, Claritin is the perfect thing that you can just take at the beginning of the day. And it really helps with all of those symptoms, clearing up your eyes, clearing up your sinuses, clearing up your congestion. It's the easiest way to just get those allergies under control, whether it's in the spring, any other time of year. And it's designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Splash refreshers are the delicious zero-calorie beverage I'm reaching for again and again when I'm feeling thirsty for something flavorful. I believe in the three-beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash spices it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. Lately, my go-to office beverage has been the Splash Wild Berry flavor. It's so nice to just put a few in the fridge at the beginning of the week. Grab one whenever you want something nice and refreshing. It's just the right amount of flavor, just the right amount of sweetness. You know the vibes. When you want something refreshing, when you want something hydrating, Splash is the perfect thing to reach for. It perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. And it's available in five craveable flavors. Wild Berry, that's my favorite, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. It's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Now let's go to Dubai. We are in episode two. We're getting to know the ladies a little bit more. We see Sarah at home with her son. She's talking about how she's always raised him by herself and she's sort of pushing back on these toxic masculinity standards that are so common. And I love to see that, you know, she's, he says, you know, anybody can cook. It's not just for women. I love that. We're seeing a little bit more of Lisa at home, you know, cooking Caribbean food for her family. I love seeing that side of her too. Like her kids are just so fucking cute. But of course, you know, it's not all fun and games. There's got to be some drama too. And we are really dealing with the aftermath. Everything is kind of coming out of the dinner that Nina planned at C'est La Vie, where, of course, uh, Brooks and Ayan got into it, and really Caroline Stanbury and Ayan were, I would say, like had the most toxic dynamic there. But we start with Lisa and Caroline Brooks going to lunch. They've missed their mommy nights out together. Maybe it's dinner. I don't know. Is it lunch, dinner? It, it doesn't look dark. I don't know what time of the day it is. But... Brooks is saying that Nina posted that she's best friends with Stanbury. And this is interesting because she says Nina before was talking about how she couldn't stand Caroline Stanbury. And 
Lisa says that Nina even warned her about Caroline Stanbury. And at first, I love how messy she is because she's like, she's like, I won't even say what she told me. And then she's like, okay, she said she's ghetto, she's ratchet, she's trashy. I'm like, oh, okay, that's a lot. I mean, <laughs> Caroline Stanbury is many things. I would not say she's trashy. I don't know. Maybe there's information I don't know, but you know, it feels a little there there's some question marks here about Nina. And you know, Brooks is saying it's interesting with Ion, she's saying, you know, we always butt heads, we always kind of go at each other, but you know, at the end of the day, we can't live with her, can't live without her. And so it's it's interesting to see that like while Brooks and Ion seem to have this kind of fun I don't know if it's a rivalry Ion and Caroline Stanbury really are not interested in making up. You know, so Brooks and Sarah go over to Caroline Stanbury's house. And Caroline is basically saying, I have no interest in dealing with whatever Ion is bringing to the table. Uh, They're talking about how she's had this past trauma in her life. And um, Caroline says, I'm sorry if she's had trauma in her life, but she's not going to add to mine. And... Ayan kind of says the same thing later um, Later in the episode. She's talking about how she doesn't give a fuck about Caroline Stanbury and she doesn't really have any interest in sitting down and talking with her. And it's, it's funny that they're having basically the same reactions to each other in separate scenes because it's like, okay, if this is episode two of this show and you're separately saying that you don't have any interest in really being friends with the other person. You don't have any desire to apologize to them or to make up with them. It's like, okay, so just don't be friends. And that's easy to do in real life. But of course, they're on this TV show where they're going to be, you know, stuck together (laughs) at all of these events. So I'm like, I guess I'm curious to see whether they pretend to decide to want to work on their friendship or whether they just kind of like, give each other their space. I think that will, um, that will decide how a lot of the drama is going to go forward. Um, and it's, it's interesting to have that dynamic after only two episodes. Cause I'm like, okay, well, like if you're not, if you're not trying to be friends with each other, you got to do something. But the other piece of the puzzle is Nina sort of being caught in the middle and she and Ayan go to lunch and, God, God love Chanel Ion. She shows up in this like full fur Givenchy outfit straight off the runway. Nina's wearing like, you know, a nice normal looking outfit. She says, I guess the dress code is runway. And I showed up for casual lunch. And then Ayan is in the confessional. She's saying, I'm Rihanna and you're plain mashed potatoes with no butter. It's like, oh my God. I, I don't think I could handle being friends with somebody like Chanel Ayan because if she's anything like what she's giving us on camera. I'm like, I don't want to feel like I have to come to a lunch in a ball gown. Like, that's not how I live. That's not how I dress. I don't want to be, I don't want to be called boring just because I didn't throw on a fur in fucking the desert for lunch. But whatever, whatever. nobody, Ayan's not asking if I want to be friends. So, you know, whatever. But they're talking about this dinner that Nina planned at C'est La Vie, and Ayan is asking why Nina didn't stick up for her when Caroline Stanbury was coming for her. And Nina's response to that is basically like, well, you're not close with her, so why do you really care? Like, if she doesn't like you, and you're not trying to get her to like you, then just, like, 
I don't know, move on. I don't need to, you know, I don't need to like put in all of this effort to get you two to get along if you don't actually want to. And I get what Nina's saying there. But then, you know, she's pointing out how she and Stanbury didn't even get along when they first met. And this is kind of going back to what Lisa and Brooks were talking about earlier in the episode. And Ayan in the confessional is like, she's a flip-flopper. She's a skyscraper. I'm like, I don't know where we got that. She's also boring. And, you know, again, I don't know if Nina's boring. I've only seen her on TV for two episodes. I can't decide if she's boring yet. But I do, um, I do feel like she this this thing of how she feels about Stanbury is creating a strange dynamic because everybody knows that she used to not fuck with Caroline. And so it's like, it's giving me a little bit like, I heard we were going to be on the show together. And now I feel like I need you as an ally because obviously Lisa is close with Caroline Brooks and with Ayan. And maybe Nina didn't feel like she really had those close friendships on the show. So maybe for her, it feels a little strategic to be really aligning herself with Caroline Stanbury, which I don't blame her for. But also then it's going to be if people aren't getting along with Caroline Stanbury, and Nina feels like she has to kind of ride by her, it's going to create friction when all these other girls are like, why are you sticking up for Caroline? A month ago, you were like, talking shit about her in the group chat. I don't know. There's a lot to consider. And, you know, her husband, they have Thanksgiving dinner on the Ferris wheel. And her husband is saying, I think her husband is very hot. But then he's saying that he was like in hotel real estate and he had all these businesses. And then he sold all his businesses when he found out about crypto and Bitcoin. And like, never has anyone become less attractive to me in a split second than me finding out that this man sold all of his like real life things to invest in crypto. Like that is an automatic, your attractiveness goes down so many points when I find out that you like made, made the decision to like go all in on crypto. I'm like, what? May, I mean, clearly they're richer than me. They're they're living in Burj Khalifa, you know, all this stuff. I'm like, not crypto. Not not the crypto bros. I don't know. I just have to, the last thing I have to bring up, Ayan goes to Lisa's house and she brings her a fucking goat as her like welcome present. It's not even a housewarming gift. It's like a hostess gift. She walks in carrying a goddamn goat. And I, you know, it's obviously, it's nice to bring a gift to someone's house. And Ayan's like, oh, you know, it's something, you give something important to you and it shows that you care. But it's like, don't bring me a fucking farm animal to my house without an absolute, you know, okay first. Like, I need, not even just a heads up, like, I need to know in advance and agree to that. And the goat's jumping in the pool. The goat's running away in the in their neighborhood. I, oh my God. I would be so, like, no. No. Don't bring me a fucking goat. Bring me a bottle of wine. Bring me a nice candle. Bring me, br- uh, I don't know. Like, br- br- bring me fucking anything. Not a, not a lot, piece of livestock. That is, that is wild. Andy said on Watch What Happens Live that we're going to see the goat again later in the season, which I'm like, okay. 
Um, also, last thing for Watch What Happens Live, Ayan called Stanbury and Sergio an internship marriage. And I just, I'm like, oh my God. Caroline was coming for Ayan on Instagram saying, you know, at least my husband is, at least I'm on my husband's Instagram. Whew, these two, these two are going to wear me out over the course of this season. I can already tell, but I, I'm still having a good time. I'm having a great time with Dubai after two episodes. Uh, Beverly Hills, much to consider. Winneka, Scottsdale, Nashville, nothing to consider, not happening. Uh, but you know, we'll we'll unpack it all as it happens. And that's all for today. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a wild berry splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches.